Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. If you're listening to this audio podcast and want to check out a video version, now you can. Go to youtube.com slash scripts and scribes. And if you're already joining us here on YouTube, we have hundreds of other interviews and lots of free resources for writers on our website, scriptsandscribes.com. Today, we're joined by a manager and producer who spent over a decade at boutique powerhouse management production company, Madhouse Entertainment, before venturing out and starting his own firm, Skyway Entertainment. Prior to that, he spent almost six years working in development for Robert Zemeckis at Image Movers. Coming up, our interview with Chris Cook, and you can follow him on Twitter at Take the Skyway. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy. You've been on the podcast before. This is the first time we're branching out to YouTube, so we've got a whole new audience. Scary. (laughs) So it gives us an opportunity. For the the viewer, not for me. Um, but it gives us an opportunity to, to touch base on some of the things that we talked about before for a whole new audience, as well as refresh for some fans who may have listened to before. Um, it's always good to get a refresher on sort of because the everything tenets. changes every six everything months. Everything changes. Everything changes. <laughs> so it's changed and yet three everything times. Everything stays the same. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, so first, hello everyone on YouTube. If you're watching it here for the first time, welcome. Please hit that subscribe button. Um, if you are listening on the podcast and you're a longtime listener, thank you for listening. Um, and for all of you, if you want to find Chris's previous interview, the podcast, you can go to scriptsandscribes.com again, um, as well as a ton of other content on our site. We recently had on a couple of other contemporaries, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Carr and John Zazierny. Yep. Um, and, but I want to get your take on things as well. Before we talk about that, for those who haven't heard the podcast previously, um, how did you get your start in the uh, business? How did you want decide, you, I want to work in the industry and then to work as a rep? Because you've been a rep for a long time now. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, going back to college, you know, I always felt like, I, you know, I grew, out, I grew up out in the suburbs of, of Southern California, so I was in LA County, but I didn't grow up around people who worked in the industry. So it seemed maybe a little bit more like a pipe dream than, you know, any job, you know, not just being an actor or director and just sort of anything seemed like a pipe dream, you know, in a sense. Um, So when I went to school, I actually like I chose the safe route. Like I knew I kind of wanted to do TV and film, but I didn't even know if that was a real thing in that regard Um, or if it was, you know, if, if it was if it was feasible. And so, you know, I started going to school as, as a business guy, and then I hated it. And, I, and I, I dropped out of school for a bit, and when I went back, I said, you know what, if, if, I'm, I need to go back, I'm going back, I want to do what I want to do, and we'll see what happens, right? And so, um, went back to school, everything was, was, was great, and um, I got an internship, um, the, it's funny, the internships, the, the, this is one of my better moves was the fact that the... Unlike a lot of the schools, the better schools out here, I won't name the school, but I'll, maybe I will. But unlike a lot of the better schools, like their internship program was horrible. Oh. It was like, you know, you were going to go be on cable access or back when they were still, you know, transferring video over to DVD. I mean, it makes me sound like I'm nine million years old. But the, long story short, the I went another route and kind of found my own internship not even knowing the importance of internships. So anyway, I, I got to um, intern for Harold Ramis, um, which was a great experience. And I did that for a while. And that sort of segue, I, I worked briefly for an independent producer, but basically segued into me getting a job um, for Robert Zemeckis' company, Bob Zemeckis' company, uh, Image Movers, which had just started at that at that time. And actually, I, the, uh, the guy I ended up working with, he got the job when we both interviewed the first time. Mm. And then they're like, yeah, but we love you. I'm like, mm. I didn't get the job. <laughs> but sure enough, they called me back three months later and I, and I went into that. You know, I, I knew I wanted to, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And producing was probably top on that list. Um, but I knew nothing, you know. Um, representation at that time just wasn't on my radar. You know, I always thought of like, the agencies and that all felt like a different world to me. I wasn't dealing with a lot of managers back then. Mm-hmm. And um, basically I kind of lucked out in the sense that I, although I'd never wanted to be in representation, I realized that when you're developing a project for your production company, you're dealing you know, pretty much one-on-one with the writer right. and you're basically 
sort of developing it, and I mean, you know, for your boss and all of that. And it, it, there's not that much difference with it. And, you know, before it always felt like, uh, I don't know about representing somebody because, you know, maybe I was putting too much of like my own like responsibility for somebody's career and that just felt like crazy, you mm -hmm. know? But anyway, I, as I learned what management was, I realized, oh, okay, this is that. Um, it's not the suit and tie century city thing, which doesn't feel quite right for me. It's what I've basically been doing and I, you know, I got over it. And so, um, I, I started working as an assistant at a management company, that management company, like you talked about, then became Madhouse and, um, um, started, you know, helping in second position, um, which was a good way to, you know, really know if I wanted to be a manager and, um, and um, started doing the job and, you know, eventually got promoted. And um, it, it, I got over the thing of like, I'm responsible for somebody else's career. That's not even the case. Right. You know what I mean? Collectively, we're responsible. And if anything, it's that person is the one that's always going to be in charge of their career. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, and I also, you know, as I, I learned to realize um, that, you know, Sometimes there's somebody you love their writing and you love them as a person, but for whatever reason, your way of working isn't compatible. Like, so I got it, like, I realized, okay, you know, it's not the end of the world as far as what a representative does, at least, in, you know, in a management capacity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was a, I kind of didn't know what it was. I kind of figured out what it was, kind of moved into it and kind of got lucky in the sense that, you know, at the end of the day, I actually feel that that's, kind of the exact right job for me. You right. know what I mean? And how I got there was just kind of happenstance and luck and, um, but worked, you know, worked with a lot of great people along the way. And, um, yeah, really the only thing that, that I wasn't prepared for was when I worked at image movers at the time, they were very much feature forward. Hmm. They had one TV thing that was set up at HBO. This is way back in the day. And so I didn't get any sort of the TV world, which now is, you know, my biggest right. thing, you know. Um, but, you know, ironically, you know, Image Movers has a show that's going to be on NBC this year. And they're actually doing really, really well in television now. So, but it just so happens when I was there, I didn't have that. Got lucky to move to a management company that had always done TV and right. was still doing scripted TV, even though... You know, this is around the time of the strike. This is around the time when everything on show on TV was reality. Um, and there was, you know, there wasn't a lot going on, but I learned how to do it then so that when it got good mm -hmm. and great um, as it is now um, and has been for a while, I was prepared in that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now, breaking it down in the simplest sort of explanation that we can... Everyone seems to know, or at least they think they know, what an agent does. They pick up the phone, they call around town, they sell someone's script, or they sell them as right. a writer to write on a project. What does a, for those who don't know, which I think is probably a substantial number of, of aspiring writers, I think that managers and agents are sort of interchangeable, or they're like, why do I need a manager? If I have an agent, that's what I want. What does a manager do? Right. I no longer know or care if my definition of what a manager does okay. is the same as everybody else's. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. But in my opinion, a manager is someone um, who helps you develop material. In short, somebody who helps you develop material and gives your, your opinion and insight with, with working one-on-one -on -one with the client so that then the um, people like the agent can, if there's an agent in that person's life, their forte is is taking the completed product and 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 selling it. Um, so I'm not a writer, but I think of myself on the creative side and developing and doing. You know, sometimes it's two drafts, sometimes it's 22 drafts, but before the agent sees it, so that's it's in good a shape as it can be. The agent, um, um, he or she, you know, there's definitely. Not to say that my opinion, I'm great at opinion and horrible at business and they're vice versa. Mm -hmm. There are agents that have great uh, creative instincts and give great notes. It's just a matter of what 
you know, what they have time for in their lives. Sure. So they will give notes and, and maybe that's going back to the drawing board. Maybe that's polishing up a, a few things, but, and I can be in second position and help with the selling thing, but I'm like, okay, you know, to, to the agent, you on a day-to-day -day basis know what people want, what people need a little bit more than I do. You know, I need, I know that in general and I know that, um, um, through the various phases of the business, you know, what, what is working, what isn't working, but I don't have time to keep track with all of the multiple buyers that are looking for this, that, and the other things specifically. Right. And it's so, yeah, the, the, the basic distinction is, um, my basic distinction is a manager will help you develop the material that the agent will then go on to sell. Mm -hmm. Definitely spill over both ways. Um, agents giving great notes, um, um, me giving good business ideas, you know, um, definitely interchangeable. Mm -hmm. uh, not, sorry, not interchangeable, but there's definitely some spillover with both. Right, Yeah. right. Um, and, you know, everyone says that uh, getting 80% of something is better than getting 90 or 100% of nothing. So, because a lot of people are like, why should I give an extra? Oh, from a, fi from a financial oh, standpoint. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. This, that's totally separate. Yeah, exactly, from a financial Well, but, but, you know, I, it, that, that makes me realize I didn't fully yeah. answer the question. If, if, you have an, if you have a manager who's doing what the agent is doing or, or an agent who's doing what the manager is sure. doing, I, they should be separate things, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and there are some... some managers who, if you look at their, I mean, at least from an outside perspective, their business looks a little bit more like what an agent does sure. than maybe, you know what I mean? Than right. maybe my opinion of what it should be. No, no, absolutely. Um, but, um, but yeah, there's, um, you know, like I said, there's, it's, there's no, I do a little bit of everything, but when I'm telling a client what I do, it's, it's more about this and you don't need two of me and you don't need two agents. So right. it's, it's good to, um, you know, the, the people that I will suggest, you know, when it's time to go to agents and so forth, I know do that job first and foremost. Right. If they give notes, great. I mean, right. by the time we're there developing a material, I'm like, you know, I, I lose that forest for the trees thing too. I want input, you know? Um, yeah. Um, now assuming a new writer has, you know, a piece or two of amazing, objectively great material. Um, the screenplay, pilot, whatever it happens mm -hmm. to be, what should their next step be? Because I think a lot of writers are at that stage, or at least feel that they are, or feel that they will be at that stage, sort of in the early parts of their sort of writing career. Right. Um, well, we can, right now we'll gloss over whether they are actually ready. Sure. Right. Yeah. But if they think they are ready. Right. Um, um, yeah, you know, look, there is, um, I think because of how the business is built up, is is that uh, a lot of people will look for a manager first. It's a little bit easier to navigate. Maybe people are open, you know, a little bit more open to um, not so much what can I do with this screenplay right now. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? How can I how can I you know sell this, make this, you know, leverage this, whatever. But more that when I look at things, um, I will also look at. Um, is the writing good? Mm -hmm. Separate from the fact of can anything be done with this? So you know it can be um, it can be really uncommercial, fair. And when I look at it, I'm going to be thinking a little bit more. Of course, I'm always. I'm, it'd be great to get something that sure. we can sell right away. Right, right. But I'm going to be looking a little bit more at the the quality of the writing, the voice. You know, which is that. An undefin yeah. indefinable thing, right? Sure. Um, and whereas a, a generally an agent will be like, you know, what can we, what can we do with this? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's my thing is a little bit more about the writing. So, you know, if you feel you're there, I think looking for a manager might be a better start than looking for an agent. Mm -hmm. um, I strongly feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, but look, I get it. There is theories on, oh, you got to move to LA and you got to know this person and that person or the other thing. And it's funny, you know, in, in my man, in, in what I do is I'm very much about 
like let's put it on the page and let's get it you know nails right mm -hmm. granted i get i understand from the from the writing by the time i have it they've gotten it to somebody right you know what do you do you know there is querying and there's ways to query people but i don't have an easy answer for other than sort of the distinction between you know managers and agents and gen and generally speaking um their managers are going to be more receptive to working with somebody who has a piece of material that may just be put to the side you know what i mean but they realize that they can that they can um they have the they're ready to write that next thing that we can potentially sell right yeah right um and jumping back to what you sort of inferred at the beginning mm -hmm. how does a writer again objectively know that their material is ready to be not necessarily for the marketplace but to be submitted you know to others other than their family and friends who exactly. tend to give glowing reviews regardless right how do they know i didn't say i actually had an answer for how to know <laughs> but i'll say this sure sure look writing a screenplay in and of itself I mean, I'm thinking more of a feature, but a pilot too. Getting to the end, doing it once is is hard. It's an accomplishment in and of itself, right? But writers get better with every script they write, right? It's a it's a you may be born at a certain level and be a little bit ahead of the game than the next person, but really I think of it as a blue collar thing in the sense of write, 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 write. You know what I mean? Just keep keep writing. Right. So I generally will find it hard to believe that if somebody wrote their first thing that that's ready to to be sent to managers and agents that's just not my experience right sure someone's going to knock it out of the park the first time but so i i guess maybe the first question to ask you you is you know how much have you written mm -hmm. um i get the i want to do this now and i feel like i'm ready and um but and and it's hard to ask answer that question for yourself with any sort of objectivity right. it's hard to know if your friends re you know i guess you know there are things like writers groups and things like that sure. where you at least get the feeling of you know it's overall it's supportive but everybody is willing to give their honest feedback and isn't beholden to not hurting your feelings you know so get i guess getting some feedback that isn't your friend or isn't your relative is a good step to see what other people think. Right. But um it's 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 very hard to know when is the right thing. Oh, you know, when is the right time. I'll also say, you know, there's um the other side of that is people think, "Oh my god, you only get one chance to you know what I mean? If I send my script out there and if nobody likes it, I'm done. I'm done. Right. It's over." Look, you know, you may go on their database of scripts that they've written before and if it was awful, maybe the intern reads it and that person doesn't so there is an importance right. of leading with the your best foot forward um at the same time it's it's like you can't continue to write in a vacuum and not know sure if you're ready right um so you know you, may, you know maybe it's done in phases maybe it's done with a you know maybe it's done with a um, a manager or you know what i mean a, a couple subs to see you know um you know contests they can give you some indication of where you are sure. and whether you're ready if there was a paid service and there might be i don't i'm not i don't know i'm just saying i don't know of a paid service you know here or there that i can say oh yeah you got to do this one you know what i mean right. but the, i the point is some of those services could give you good feedback sure my i i my worry is that a lot of them won't right um so that's a hard question to answer but look back on how many things you've written you know what i mean and 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 by the way if if the answer is if you've written two things and you know that the second one got so much better than the first one which is usually the case right. then i think you know there's there's reason to believe that the third one's going to be better with the second sure. one but look you can you know the the goal is to have a career the goal is to make money you can't just write beautiful things in final draft and not show them to anybody you have to go out there um yeah just you know do it as smartly as you can and do it in a way you got to be open to the feedback you get and you have to be willing to reassess um but the actual way of doing it 
I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, yeah. that's some great yeah. feedback. I mean, in terms of, you know, continuing to write and get better, but at some point, you know. Right, and possibly, possibly it's a separate question. Uh, so, but, you know, as far as what I like about how someone approaches me, we, sure. we can get into that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. And we will. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Now, other than sending out queries and, you know, if they choose entering contests and fellowships and these types of things, right. what should aspiring writers do to sort of better their craft profession, to be ready? Yeah. Um, either, you know, whether it's like learning a skill or whether it's preparing something or accumulating material. I mean, what should yeah. aspiring writers well, again, be doing? Again, first and foremost. Well, waiting for you to respond to their email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, first and foremost is writing, 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 right. writing, Absolutely. writing. Absolutely. Now, um, we also live in a time where, I mean, I know they get taken down sometimes and it's not a perfect thing, but generally speaking, any, anybody who wants to write can get a screenplay on the internet of a produced film and, sure. and read it. So, you, you know, whereas, you know, when, back when I was talking about the ancient days of being in school, I wanted a screenplay. I had to drive to Hollywood Boulevard and I paid $40 for a photocopy of Tootsie. You know what I mean? That's how you got scripts back in the right. day. And now you have this great, you have this, you, you basically have resources that you've never had in the past. Right. Now, so there is reading, uh, putting aside that writing is the best thing ever. There's reading other screenplays, reading them while watching movies. Mm-hmm. There are incredible podcasts. There's just, there's all kinds of things on the, um, out there um, right now that can help you, you know, do those things. And, and, and or, 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 sorry, help you in your, in your craft. At the same time, it's like, are you just reading all the screenplay books and reading other screenplays and not writing? Because that won't work. Right. Um, it's always 90% of working on your craft is the writing. And writing poorly and writing better and writing even better, you know, like I say. Um, and it takes a while and it's not usually the, the first thing. And, and by the way, I do think there's a... Um, the other thing I was thinking is, you know, you not only have the, the availability of screenplays, you also have availability of information, sure. right? Whether it's a tracking board type of website or right. whether it's a deadline Hollywood type thing or variety Hollywood reporter it is it's good to know about those things and it's good to know about the industry in general, but you can also get way too into the weeds about, um, Oh, Fox just bought a just bought a uh, something about Adam and Eve, and I have this script mm-hmm. about Moses or Noah or Job. This is hot, so now I've got to go explo- push on it and exploit this. It, it, you can't be reactive like that. So you take in the information, and it's great. You have a general sense of how the you know how the business works in some way. But I also think like you can't be hitting refresh and you know reading every story as if it's the gospel truth. Sure. And you 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 can't do these other things at the expense of the time putting in writing. I, I also would say you know um, some people like have weird feelings on screenplay books. I generally I generally have nothing negative to say about them, in the sense that. A lot of them will say the same basic information, right? And mm-hmm. of course, you know, three act. You know, we're talking about a feature, whatever. Um, but some book can come along that will say the same thing in a new way. Sure. That re- that sort of makes people perk up and whatever. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll name the one that comes to mind is Save the Cat. Right. You know that that, um, and not even putting more stock in that than in something. I mean, I happen to like the book, but it was right. it was something where if you'd read Sid Field. Or if you'd read, you know, uh, Robert McKee, or if you read some of the older, like known books to it, this was the same thing, but said in a new way. Sure. So there can be, you know, there can definitely be value in that. You, but if you read every screenplay book that comes out, you're just going to be reading screenplay books. Right. If you read every deadline article, you're just going to be reading deadline. You sure. know. You so it's good to do all of those things. But everything is going to come out with the, the writing. And I should add, by the way, it's not when I say writing is what makes you better. 
and this is tough because this is part of what I do as a representation. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're swinging a golf club the wrong way and practicing swinging that golf club that's with the same wrong mechanics over and over, you may not get any better. Right. No matter how many hours you put in. So you know, going back to writing groups or something like that, something that you can track your process where you're not necessarily like, here I am world, can I get representation? Or here I am, right. can I sell this? Something like that, which is a half step. Mm -hmm. Now again, I'm sure there's writers groups that everyone is catty and just wants to crap all over everybody's screenplay. Or it's a big happy kumbaya circle. Or it's just a happy kumbaya where nobody right. wants to say anything right. negative. You have to find that fine medium right where I'm gonna be honest with this person and tell them what I think about their screenplay sure. in a supportive and helpful way in the hopes that they'll do the same to me right. with me and I think generally speaking I would say that that is the norm versus the you know let's crap on people or let's misery loves company let's right. find other people you, you know what I mean sure so um, yeah okay um, so uh, talking about going back to querying yeah or, or you know initial contact with uh, potential rep. Yes. Their gateway to fame and fortune in the industry. Yes. Um, in an initial email or query or contact, what are some of the red flags that turn you off immediately to a potential client? And you would mention, you know, things you like to see just in general as well. So I don't know yeah. Based on that, how Look, you like to be approached? Kind I of. generally like just the facts and just the facts on the, the piece of material that you want to send me, and then maybe another short paragraph on about that person. When you say just the facts, do you mean just the I'm, log line? Do you mean yes, generally, um, generally. Um, Look, I know there is. How do I make my query letter stand, stand out? out? Sure. And, and maybe I need to be funny if I'm, it's like I'm a comedy writer, so the text of my email has got to be hilarious, right? <laughs> or, or in my bio section, that the only things that are going to be important from a bio standpoint is, is um, what screenplay competition I did well in. You know, like I'm looking for what is it you're trying to send me? Who are you in a nutshell? And the answer as to what 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 makes me perk up might surprise you like you know like I said I'd look for somebody with an like somebody with an interesting and varied background like mm -hmm. I'm a marine biologist but I you know but I sure. I, I want to write whatever um, that's kind of, that's more interesting to me like just sort of like the the what else you have going on in your life so uh, yeah tell me about yourself do tell me if you did well in a screenplay competition um, but it, brevity is definitely important. I don't personally respond to this is cute or there's a picture or you, you, know, right. what I, you know what I mean or here's a meme for me. Do people send you those? Yeah. Really? Um, it's funny that the, um, the one I would like to point out because it's, it's, a, it's a recent phenomenon okay. is people sending me query letters via LinkedIn. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A message via LinkedIn. Okay. Now I have to say I do see the thing. Sure. And it, but it, but it's like, what the hell? Is, you know, what is this? Because right. it won't surprise you that I don't have much of an ongoing relationship with my own LinkedIn account. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a different way to get to people, but um, uh, just in, I don't think you're you don't need to you don't need to find a new way to do something. Right. And thank God it's all electronic because back in the day, people used to put their screenplay in a box of like props and stuff that sure. was like related to the movie and it would show up at the gate at Universal Studios looking like a bomb and it's like, what the hell is this? You know? Well, I uh, remember working at CIA and I, I wasn't there at the time. It was a story that was relayed to me of one of these, you know, crazy sort of people, but a guy delivered a script in a box mm -hmm. and walked away and it was ticking. And of course, they called the bomb squad <laughs> yeah. and this and that. And it turned out the guy put a clock in there. Right. It was about time travel or yeah, something. Yeah, here's like my new that. screenplay, Time's Up. Right. Along with like, this cute little ticking clock. Right. Time. And that, it did not go over well, did obviously. Not, they evacuated the building. The bomb squad came. I hear you. Yeah, I think, I want to say, I don't believe it was a real thing, but sure. I want to say that we didn't actually open the crate. But at one time when I worked at Zemeckis, the, it was a faux shrunken head Ugh. in a crate. Um, 
and obviously, you know, the screenplay was in there, and um, I don't know that anyone ever read the screenplay, <laughs> yeah. but I know phone calls were made about what do we do with this thing. Uh, so thank God that's over. At least yeah. it's a just electronic thing. But right. don't, yeah, don't, I mean, for me, you know, don't be cute, um, don't be long-winded. Uh, sure, you know, uh, the other thing is over-apologizing, that, gotcha. that, that you're in my inbox. Dear Miss, dear Mr. Cook, I know you're so busy and you have that does that. I just feel like no, it's like I, I know you're querying me. Right. You're querying me. Just query me, you know. So, um, and it's weird. I actually, you know, I, I've told this story before and I won't tell it again. But the the place that I used to work at, famously, a very big client was found from a query letter. Mm. So I read them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I don't know that everybody does, Absolutely. but I can never discount them. Um, um, but um, look, it, and on some level, it, it is an interruption, and it has to be an interruption. Mm. You're trying to get my attention. I'm, I'm not, you know, that busy that I can't eventually read them. You, right. you know what I mean? Um, but you don't need to apologize. Or um, oh, the other one back in the day when we were dealing with physical scripts was pictures on the cover page, uh -oh. colored, colored or special kind of glossy sort of like script covers that someone had, it's like, no, uh, you know, 120 pieces of paper with three holes in it, and it two, two or three brads. That's it. Right. You know, most managers that I know from top to bottom, big companies, small companies, independents, whoever will look at some queries, but even the busiest ones will tell me like if, if they're reading it and they see a wall of text, they're hitting delete. They don't care. Yeah. They, they don't care. Cause yeah. you know, um, and usually they'll read the log line and see if it's a query they want to look at. They'll just read the log line. Right. And if, if they have to look for it, forget it. You're deleted. Right. So, yeah, you're right. Brevity is absolutely key. You don't right. have time to read two right. pages email. That's the way in. And, you know, the, again, the, the sort of, I, I guess I do want to know a little bit about the person. Sure. You'd be surprised that I don't really care as much about the things that are directly related to screenwriting, you know, gotcha. a contest or something. Whereas like someone tells me that they were, you know, that they've traveled the world or whatever it is that they have this sort of interesting experience that not everybody has because right. something can come from that perspective. Right. Yeah. Especially if it can tie into whatever piece of yeah. material that you're getting. Absolutely. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. It was the first, Absolutely. you know, paraplegia to climb Mount Absolutely. Kilimanjaro. Here's a screenplay script. about not right. climbing anything. It's right. like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, there right. is that. But I, but I also generally will respond to... You know, I'm trying to give a better example than the marine biologist, but just like, um, you, you know, I'm a three-time Jeopardy winner. Sure. Something That's like that. Cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, you don't have to win Jeopardy, but something like that that rounds you out and, right. and, and so forth. But ultimately, when I start to read your script, if we get to that point, and we often do with me, I'm not going to care what you did. Right. I'm going to care what you wrote. Right. I mean, I, I will I'll clock it a little bit, you know what I mean? Sure. And it may make me, I think it's more apt to make me interested in accepting the query. But once, it, it, there's also kind of a starting over of, all right, this, I don't care if this guy went to Harvard. I don't care if this guy won the, the Medal of Freedom. I don't care what happened. Right. Now, show it to me on the page, you know. Right. Or, or the page. Right. Whatever right. that is now. Now, uh, having worked at both, you know, Madhouse, which is, you know, a larger management production company with multiple managers, um, and now it's your own independent firm, um, can you talk a little bit about the differences that, like, between, you know, when you're at a company with other managers and, and how that relationship works working with other managers under the sort of the same roof and working independently, you know, as, you know, your own entity, you have freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. Um, what advantages does sort of one have over the other for like for aspiring writers looking at you know companies like you know Madhouse or Circle of Confusion versus you know independent managers like yourself or right. Scott Carr or somebody like that? That's a tough question to answer. Other than I'll, I'll say you know now that I'm on out on my own, mm -hmm. starting with the, the singular advantage I can think of is that if you're sharing a client with another manager at another company and there's or if there's other managers there, you know I already have that built-in thing to throw it by other people, and if I'm on the fence or right. you, you know what I mean, so sure. I have so that I don't have anymore. 
But I also don't have to wait for somebody else to read it. I also don't have to wait for, you know, um, for... Um, th there's a lot of other things going on at the management companies. And it, it, like if there's a producing arm, you know, you may be in, in multiple directions, right? So although I have most of my producing career is ahead of me, I have produced in the past and I do want to produce... Like right now, when I'm starting, it's a restarting um, act two, as it were. It's mostly just about management, and the advantage so far has been, is is been the the the, the time and the the the. I mean, I don't want to say that I've had to handhold, but I'm I'm there and I'm available for it, and I'm not thrown in as many different directions. Now, a lot of that is a function of. Um, I was a manager. I stopped being a manager. I briefly went out to, thought I wanted to work in different aspects of the industry, realized, you know what, I miss being a manager. And I think, I, I didn't realize at the time, like, I want to try it my way. Sure. You, you know what I mean? And then, so as a result, for better or for worse, I'm starting over, you know? So there's a little bit of me having more time and a little more of the handholding and all of that, if it's necessary is a function of, of the fact that I have the, the time and the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. But I'm all, but in other words, even, even more to the point when I don't, I'm still in charge of what I'm doing, sure. right? So it's time for me to read your script and I wanna read it tonight, but this boss hands you something about some other project or right. something else, and I have to put that person on the back burner. Um, and, and I'm just not, I'm not scattered in that regard. Mm -hmm. It's more focused. Sure. Um, you know, eventually down the line, um, if material, um, you know, if there's books and things that, you know, I, I fall in love with, you know, I will option those books as a producer and, and we'll, we'll go from that route. But right now it's more about just sort of, um, there's a little bit more of a focus on, on just the management side. Which is great, and I, and there always will be too, and I'm always going to be careful of that because I, I've seen the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you want to, um, and, and it, you know, definitely in agents with agents and lawyers, it's it's true. You have to realize, like, oh, you know what? Here's a company. Um, like if I was a writer and I was querying someone, you know, someone like you know, like a four, like a place like Madhouse, like four people, whatever. It's like, oh, they're they're good. People know about them, and and they have successes. But they're not huge, and I'm not sure. going to get lost. This seems like a good company. But I think, um, not speaking directly to them, but you have to realize that everybody has a boss, and, and, and everybody sort of, um, you know, there are people working on really minor details of big clients where, where you know what I mean, the, the, the main manager is going to hand this, but now this, these other people have all this work whether it's a little digital deal for this company that, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like right. you will end up doing a lot of things sort of in second position, whether you are or aren't on the team. And that can take up a lot of time. You, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, a lot of my, I need the time to read and do notes and that takes time. And it also, when I, when I do that, I like to get into that zone and stay there. Sure. Not having to, you know, phones and this and that and the other thing. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I guess there's, there's definitely, um, there could be disadvantages of going with somebody who's out on their own. But I, I think they're, for me anyway, I'm seeing, like, I feel like I'm doing the job better. Without getting into the specifics yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of how I'm doing anything differently. Not because I don't want to, just because I can't really... It's still all about the writing and all about the thing. It's just I'm not torn in different directions. Right. Or if I am, it's of my own making. Sure. You know? So I guess you have to be careful saying, oh, this seems right size for me. You don't necessarily know what's going oh, on in, yeah, that, right. in that person's life and what else is going on. You know? Right. So, right. Um, because if you can't talk to your manager and if you your manager can't read your material you might as well not have a manager right you know what I mean absolutely um, and, and by the way I don't mean to say that it was it, it got to that bad of a point but the the distractions now are good distractions and entirely of my own making and there aren't many of them mm -hmm. you know so I feel like I can be focused and present and what needs to be done now and also thinking about you know what do all of my what do each of my clients need right now 
Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. Um, and before we started filming, we were just talking a little bit about staffing season, which is sort of winding-ish down yep. now over the next month or so. Yep. Um, but maybe you could explain a little bit about just the basics of staffing season for those uh, uh, aspiring TV writers out there, what staffing season is, what it entails, and also we were talking about how this staffing season was a little bit crazy. Right. A lot of last minute surprise cancellations, right. things like that. Right, right. Um, well, it's funny, I, and then also that, that's key to that is that, um, I can't remember, maybe I didn't mention this, but I actually, Last year, because I was in the process of starting my company and setting it up, right. I, had, I had sat out a staffing season, okay. right? Uh -huh. And again, you know, I'm a manager and staffing, a lot of that goes to the agents. So I, I, sure. I don't want to make it sound like I do a ton of things. But this, I, I have to admit, I was talking about how this season seemed particularly crazy. I think that can be argued every year. That's probably you know true. I mean? That's probably true. So look, here, here's the thing is, is and, and this this is changing all the time, but if you just think about network versus cable for mm -hmm. a minute network works on more of a of a schedule right because right. you have fall premieres and you have mid-season and that's when they start the shows and they have the upfronts upfronts in may which mm -hmm. we just had last week that they show the advertisers so everything's on a schedule right and that's good and it's also it, there's also downsides to it too um, it's a yes, no thing. It's, it's more, and you know, it's more about the, the, what are we bringing back? It's more about what are the numbers and all of that. So staffing, I do, so staffing season, network staffing season is a big thing, but there's also everything else, right? And everything else doesn't necessarily, they, a company may have their own internal schedule, mm -hmm. but for the most part, all those other things are year round. So whether it's basic cable, pay cable, OTT streaming, you know, there's a lot of that other stuff and there's more than it ever has been. Right. But so network staffing used to be like the thing. Right. That was it. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still a thing. Huge chunk. A, a yeah, huge yeah. chunk. And network pays well and there's great stuff to be done and, you know, people are moving up the ranks and it... Um, but but anyway, so basically when we talk about what we've just been dealing with, we've only been dealing with network staffing. And it's important to point out that as the everything else gets more and more, um, it's still important, but it's you can definitely... Like somebody who didn't get a job in staffing season 10 years ago right. would be like, oh God, I guess I write features or... A what movie the, of the week or, or what the hell is this HBO thing? Right. You, you're, I mean, well, that was 20 years ago, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Right, but yeah. now it's like, I didn't get a job during staffing season. It's like, oh, okay. Right. You know what I mean? We, there's so many other opportunities, right. right? But anyway, so, you know, staffing is, um, you know, because some of these, you know, most of these shows are packaged by agencies. I think, you know, that's... Uh, that's why an agent will generally, and, you know, the agencies will handle, you know, a little bit more of the staffing. I know there's been some, there's been articles about that and things change all the time. But, but anyway, um, my staffing season is not nearly as bad as what the agents have to do. You know what I mean? And what's crazy about staffing season is, is that you can, whether you're on a show already or not, is that because the decision has to be made for those May upfronts, everything can happen all at once. This show isn't coming back. Right. This pilot is coming back. And it's kind of, you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And what I was referring to when we, before we started uh, taping was the fact that some big shows that nobody thought was going to get canceled got canceled this right. year. And like Brooklyn Nine-Nine got canceled sure. and then picked up again by picked up NBC. again. Right, right, absolutely. And that extends to... You know, I mean, it was funny, you know, Fox in particular, you know, Last Man on Earth was kind of on yep. the bubble too, but it was a little less on the bubble than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sure. So now we're just talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I feel bad for Last Man on Earth, right. which, which got really good, you know. Um, but um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, streamers can pick up that and everything else, but it was just, it's just kind of, you don't know until you know, and then everything is happening all at once, right? right? Mm -hmm. So somebody who was on, Quantico, for example, who, who, where the show was doing well and doing well internationally, they may have thought, whew, I don't have to be involved in staffing season right. because my boss has told me he or she would like to have me back and it's obviously coming back. So, right. you know, 
but 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 for everybody else you have to act as if it's not coming back right? right so you have to do all of this pushing all of this read this read that for this for this for that without knowing if that pilot's going to go anywhere sure. and without knowing if the show you're on is going to come back right my my duties during staffing season i don't at all want to equate it to what an agent does sure. Uh, I don't know how they do that, but then again, I, I read voluminous amounts of material, and they could probably say, "How did you read twelve screenplays this week?" You know, right, you, you know what I mean? It's, um, and I don't envy that, but but I, you know, I do help in the process, but it's definitely um, somewhat in second position, or it always has been. Now, if somebody doesn't have an agent, um, there are ways to 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 still go up for staffing. Um, but because it's harder, maybe it would be a little more focused and a little more, you know, direct sure. and so forth. But uh, staffing this season is a place where dreams and hopes are uh, both fulfilled and crushed. Right. Uh, it's it, a, within the span of a couple months. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes even a couple days. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, just a couple more quick things. Um, besides an amazing piece of spec material, uh, what are reps? looking for in a client like again taking the material and, and that's obviously the hugest the biggest the most important piece of the pie absolutely but what else would make an ideal client per se like you find a great piece of material but oh this is a bonus yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the the obvious good in a room one right in the sense that um there are incredible writers who are who Social graces aren't their strong suit. Sure. And then there's people who are incredible in a room and you know, separating whether the, 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 the writing can be good in either instance. But I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing in the sense that, you know, that's kind of a learned skill. So I like to see somebody, you know, if I read their material and like it, the next thing I'm going to do is have a, either a, a long phone call with them if they're not in the area, or I'm going to go take them to lunch or have coffee with them, and I'm going to sit down uh, and, and meet them. And them being able to express their thoughts and feelings and you, maybe, you know, being somewhat animated and interesting in front of me, I like that. Sure. But I also, I can't put... I don't want to put too much onto that because that person may have never sat down and met with a rep before and might be nervous as hell. That person may have not recently been on a, you know, they talk about when you got to, when you go look for another job after having a job for a long time, mm -hmm. it's like, hope to God that the first one isn't the one you really want oh. because, because you need to learn how to interview again. Right. You know what I mean? So I do clock like, Oh my God, this person was stiff as a board and how is that going to play out? But it's also, I don't put too much, I try not to put too much emphasis into that either. Mm -hmm. um, there are very funny comedy writers who aren't funny when you go to dinner with them and are boring. You're right. Sure. Big names, great people. Not usually the case. I would say most people, more people are a little bit animated, have the gift of gab and, and, but you you would be you know people sell pitches when you think that they can that just you know stringing together a sentence isn't their strong suit like right. my like myself <laughs> <laughs> so yeah other things uh, that good in the room thing mm -hmm. is definitely the first thing that pops up I do I do I do give it some credence but I also know that it's not the be all end all. Um, Obviously, more important in TV, which is a collaborative medium. Um, and when I meet somebody, it, it's also, you know, knowing that they're going to get better at that if they're not great at that, or them saying something stupid, like, you know, that just flies out of their mouth or whatever. Like, I, I know to take that with a, with a grain of salt because that's also a skill that gets better over time, mm -hmm. you know. But somebody who couldn't make eye contact with me, like somebody was really bad, mm -hmm. and I loved their script, it would be a conundrum because, sure. you know, I, I said it's more important in TV, but it's not, it's not unimportant totally in unimportant. features, yeah, right. you right. know. 
Um, and I, and it's weird because it's also something that I recognize, like if somebody has a deficiency that I recognize it's something that I can help with, mm -hmm. then I don't worry about that deficiency, right? Right. I don't know how to make an uninteresting person all that much more interesting. Right. You know, so I don't know how to correct that if it continues. Right. So that would give me pause. But, you know, like I said, um, the comedy thing in particular, because, you, you know, I think there's a, there's a mis maybe a misperception that every comedy writer could also be a stand-up comedian and is like, hey, right. you know what I mean? Like right. the class clown. Not necessarily. You get a lot of introverted kind of like guys that you can't believe wrote that hilarious who don't seem to have a funny bone in their body. And there's people like that that are working. But it's, it's probably the harder way to go. So um, Good in a Room is something I do pay attention to. Again, I'm the, even the biggest thing, because writing is so big for me, mm -hmm. it's, it's by, by comparison, it's a smaller thing. But it's, a de it's definitely the biggest of the other things. Um, what else? Other things. Um, don't care what you look like. Don't care. People are going to ask about what we get asked the most about is doesn't matter if I don't live in Los Angeles and doesn't matter how old I am. The age thing's tough because um, not that I'm shying away from answering it, but it's just a it's a it's a it's an issue. You know, I mean, people whether it's race, creed, religion, mm -hmm. color of skin, we, nobody should be judged on those mer merits, sure. including age. Right. But does it happen? I'm sure on some level it happens. The team, I mean, you can write a feature screenplay from any tiny little corner of the world, and if you get it in the right hands and it's a movie that Paramount Pictures wants to make, if we find out after the fact that you're 95 years old you know, and live in Guam, right. it doesn't change the fact that the script is going to be a movie, right? Right, right. It, it, it's a little bit different if you're going to go to work with, 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 um, with people and all of, all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those things shouldn't be paid attention to. I can't honestly sit here and say that they're not. Sure. You know what I mean? It is something that needs to be corrected. I mean, look, we've... We've seen things like that, and unfortunately, much bigger that right. kind of blew me away. You know, there are always going to be things that need to be fixed and so forth. Um, I can't say that I see it on a on a daily basis, right? Um, but I'm sure it, it, it exists on some level. Um, what I've seen in terms of age specifically is like uh, is that it's not necessarily as much the age, like a physical age, right. but sort of that mental age. Yeah. And it shows sort of in their writing, like when you're writing, uh, you know, stuff tends to be up to date. Right. You know, references are up to date, pop culture and things right. like that. And you right. don't know what an emoji is. They think that might come into right. their workplace and, and right. reflected the scripts, which might have an adverse effect and those types of things. I think that's more, at least from what I've seen yes. has, you know, but if you're young at heart, you have yeah. kids, whatever, that may not be as much well, of a Well, right, but like, like I was talking about in the query letter, mm -hmm. you're right, it's, it's more of a wide range of an experience, but sure. part of that experience has to be what's going on now, that Absolutely. they're at least tuned into it in some way. Right. Right, so right. yes, there's age, the number, and then there's, there's old age where people don't even, bad example. I mean, I can give you a million bad examples. Don't know what Snapchat is. Right, exactly. I don't Snapchat. No, but I've you know what it is. On it, but I know what it is. I sure. have the frame of reference. And yes, yeah, someone, someone older who has kids, that keeps them in that thing. Right. But, 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 you know, my frame of reference is much younger than my age. So right. I certainly can't, you know, I know about right. things that I, my friends my age have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, that are probably like you pretty youthful, right? So um, yeah, it's it's more about wide range of experience, you know. Right. I try not to 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 um, discriminate, but again, going back to the point of does it happen? There's, sure. you know, it happens. Um, right. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say how. Like, I guess. I guess I'm more uncomfortable saying. This is widespread, or this is sure. this big of a problem because I don't know per se. Right. Um, but um, 
and there's a lot of other problems that need to be handled too, but um, yeah. yeah. It was more just sort of an overlying question of, yeah. you know, does it affect the way, you know, yeah. aspiring writers coming into the business, does it affect how they're seen and does it make it more difficult? I mean, a lot of things make it slightly more difficult, including not being in Los Angeles, but you don't need to be here technically unless you're probably a TV writer, which you sort of do. Yeah. But as a feature writer, you don't, although it makes life easier if you are, substantially easier. Yeah. See, it's so weird because, you know, uh, the one side of my brain can say, yes, we want young people writing this show. Right. But I also know that there's, there's a, usually a 55-year-old or a 60-year-old or, or older in every room who's the straight up, he's the man or she's sure. the man. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're awesome. And like the show wouldn't get done without. And internally... They're like, what would we do without Bill? I mean, right. this guy kicks ass and has this experience and, and all of that. So it's almost like a positive in that regard, you know? Right, right. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conundrum. I also think the... the I, here's what I, how I look at age in, mm -hmm. in, in, in particular is I, I want somebody to be hungry who really wants to do this and wants to stay in it to win it when the chips are down and when we get rejections and when I tell you that this needs a lot of work and it's not going to fly like this, right? right? Mm -hmm. If somebody's at towards the end of their life and has their house and has a vacation home or at, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would be that hungry to, to step into a new career. So right. I don't want a hobbyist. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. in television or something like that where it's really about, you know, there is moving to LA and there is this, that, and the other. Right. I don't want somebody who, um, I mean, sure, someone could write a one-off thing and it can, you know, it could become a movie and that person never wants to write again, whatever. It, that can happen. Right. But I, I would be less, con I want a little bit of hunger and sometimes if somebody has had their life and has everything set... I have trouble discerning between how much do they want it and mm -hmm. between how much do they just enjoy doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And you need sort of both. I need both. Yeah. I need both. Yeah. Yeah. Do you look at social media? Not in the sense of, oh, I want someone that has 100,000 subscribers because I'm sure that doesn't make a difference. But like if they're a comedy writer and they're really funny in their tweets, the, I mean, not that it's obviously it's still about the material, about the script, about the writing. Yeah. But do you ever, or they're like, they're a whack ball on, you know, on right. Twitter. It's like, what are they writing? It doesn't make sense. You know, do you ever look at that stuff? Or is that I, I, well, first of all, I use, I use Twitter. I love Twitter. Hmm. I use Twitter not so much to tweet, but as a, almost like a reading list. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And most of the stuff that I'm reading on Twitter is less about, I mean, there's a lot of this too, but somebody trying to tell a joke and be funny, um, even though a lot of the people I follow are funny people, mm -hmm. a lot of it is, you know, here's a link to this article that somebody, you know, you know what I mean? Um, three, four, five years ago, there was development deals for people who were big on Twitter. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not to point to any of them, and I don't even know if I have a good assessment of whether they all went by the wayside or whether we found people. Um, I mean, we certainly have found people, you know, Rob Delaney comes to mind, sure. you know, but I remember thinking at the time, okay, yes, they're funny, but that I, I've always known that that doesn't equate to writing a good script. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. No sense of character, you know, like, right. You know, you can have all of these much more important things than the ability to write a joke in 140 or 280 characters now. So I've always known, you know, whenever we've looked for screenwriters in other pockets of the world, because stand-up comedian, you know, stand-up comedy, that's one of the things that before Twitter, I know I've looked at and I know other people have looked at. And there's some big writers that have come out of that world. Absolutely. But for the most part, there is a disconnect right. between that person being really funny on stage and thinking about it in that and necessarily the ability to create a three-dimensional character sure. when they can handle the funny. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I use Twitter a lot. I probably do look at it a little bit to see if like, oh, I wonder if that person's ever written anything beyond tweets. But I also know the red flags inherent of a tweet or a joke or whatever 
it, it does not a good screenplay make. Right. Um, and, and no screenplay can live off of an incredible laugh or even 20 incredible laughs. Um, generally, that's the case. So um, um, it's indicative of it's it's indicative of a small portion of the puzzle. Right. Um, and maybe not the people think it's the most important thing about being funny. I, don't, I would say it's probably not the most important thing. Sure. Yeah. You, know. you, you had mentioned that you haven't really found anyone via social media saying, hey, they, I bet you they're a great writer. Uh, maybe I will read their script or sign them or whatever. Has there any, have you ever found somebody on a query and decided to look them up and then said, I'm absolutely not reading a script because of something they're tweeting? You know, has it been a turnoff? You know, because there are tweets that go awry, things that yeah, people say. If you're talking, if you're talking about them being offensive or or or, or, or saying, so, to be honest with you, I, I I haven't checked all the tweets of the people that I work with. If I saw it, I would obviously be a red flag. Sure, um, but it's not something you go seeking at all. Kind of not thing. as a means of a background check. Gotcha. If that's what you're getting, at. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, just like I'm sure there's some of my tweets that should probably be deleted. Yeah, I mean, the few times I have tweeted, sure. you know. Yeah, I just know like on Saturday Night Live, so, you know, one of the new cast members yeah, they went drops, back three years the and right, right dragged them back three years, said some potentially oh, right. racist things, and now they're deleting all their tweets because they're getting heat and that kind of thing. I, I just didn't know if that's something that managers, you know, would potentially do if people who have their social media accounts up. It's no, I mean it's 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 not something I, I check in that regard to look for any sure. red flags. Uh, it's probably too much work. Yeah, I mean <laughs> if if it was a recent tweet or something and yeah. I saw it, then yeah, I would clock and I would be like, "What's this about?" Or right. or, or you know, um, but uh, but generally no. So we're starting to run short on time. I just wanted to ask you if you had any final words of advice, wisdom for those aspiring writers out there who may be listening and or watching to give them that final piece of the puzzle so that they can chase their dreams into Hollywood. Yeah, you know, as being someone who's, I don't want to go back to writers write and every writer gets better. Right. But, so I'll put it the same thing in a different way. Okay. Save the cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if you want it, you, you have to have the discipline to give yourself the time to get good at it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's 100% knowing that we have to pay our rent or our house payment. We have to stay married to the mother of our children. Like we have all these other things that we have to do. Right. It's, it, it's, you have to find the time. Think of think of anybody who if anybody who works forty hours in an, in an office, and has a home life, right? Think of, you know that fills seven days, no problem. You now have to find time for almost another full time job in order to get good at writing in a period of time that's going to be, you know, accelerated and acceptable to you. Sure. You have to find the time. And that means you have to not go out to with friends and stuff like it, it, it. But it's a little bit more than like, oh, I'm gonna write every day or anything. It's about setting goals and using the time wisely. But 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 it is a lot of you have to want it enough to find that time and time that's not really there. Right. You, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I you know. I know people, um, clients or not, who wake up at 5 a.m. and write for two hours before they get in the shower to go to work. That was just time they were sleeping before, right? So that's right. two hours of sleep that they give up in order to do this. And that's best for them because the kids are still asleep or, sure. or, or whatever that, you know. It's, it's a, uh, sure, writing more and more makes a great writer. And there's the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing. Right. But so now I'm backing, I'm going before that and I'm saying, find the time, right. have the discipline. And by the way, if, 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 if you ultimately feel like you're pushing a square peg in a round hole, maybe you don't love doing it. That's okay. You know what I mean? Sure. We all love TV and movies and right. you know what I mean? Like maybe it's not your passion. You know what I mean? Use that time for what is your passion. But if it is your passion... The only way, the way you're going to get good at it is by 
by somehow disciplining yourself to do it and to do and 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 also to it may be two three years that you need to work on this before you have anything that's remotely presentable right you know not to say that you can't finish something you can finish four things in that time Absolutely. five things in that time but um and so that's discipline too is is you know but um if you love it do it i'm not trying to weed out the i'm not trying to thin out the amount of people who are trying it you're trying to find yeah. gems. Uh, 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 what's the, the, the raises all boats? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, um, and yeah, and by the way, you know, technology and, and the, the world we live in today and the access we have to scarcity mm-hmm. it all that all helps and everything, but, but ultimately it's, it's, it's the discipline and the writing. Yeah. 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 Um, you can check out Chris's other podcast interview if you haven't listened to it already on our website, scriptandscribes.com. Can I, can I wait? Can I point out a URL? Yeah. Uh, you gonna put it on here? Yeah, well, it'll be down. If you're watching on YouTube, it's down in the links below. Uh, it's in the description below. Um, and please hit that subscribe button. We have many great interviews uh, on this YouTube channel, and or if you're listening on a podcast, then you can subscribe whatever service you use: you, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, whatever. So thank you again, and please check out our website, scriptsandscribes.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email us to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or tweet us to at scriptscribes, and you guys all have a great day. Thank you so much. Awesome. Taking over the universe when I'm using words. Every time I do the work, I be leaving them stupid hurt. You was right, I'm going crazy when I do the verse, but they do not matter. Mad Hatter, I'm feeling like Lucy Bird. Little shoulder shake, kicking like I'm taking names. Started taking names ever since I made a change. Went from body daddy to body, I played a game.